Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. I just want to ask one quick favor before we jump into this episode. You know, I've been organically growing this podcast for over five years, and I need your help to keep the momentum going. There's two things you can do. One is leaving a five-star rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify is a lot easier. You'll see the rating button right at the top. Apple Podcasts, you have to scroll down the page a little bit and you'll see a write a review button. Additionally, if you want to share this out with your audience on your social channels, text it to a friend or colleague or family member, whatever you have to do to pass this along to individuals that you find may need the help and may be looking to get started. So either of those things or both of you like would be appreciative so I can get this podcast out to more individuals and we can help more people get started and move in the right direction to a more happy and fulfilling life. So thanks again for your help. And grateful to have you here on another episode. Let's get it started. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. In today's episode, I welcome in Rick Elmore, who is an entrepreneur, sales and marketing expert, and he's the founder and CEO of Simply Noted. Rick developed a proprietary technology that puts real pen and ink to paper to scale handwritten communication, helping businesses of all industries scale this unique marketing platform and to stand out from their competition and build meaningful relationships with clients, customers, and employees. Founded in 2018 and based in Tempe, Arizona, Simply Noted has grown into a thriving company with clients of various sizes across the country, including hospitality, real estate, insurance, nonprofit, franchise, B2B, and others. Rick has served as the company's CEO since its founding for more than three years and has over a decade of sales and marketing industry experience. So without further ado, let's welcome in Rick Elmore. Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on today, Brian. It's great to be here. I'm excited to chat with you, man. Doing a little research on it. It's always fun to chat with folks that come from unique backgrounds and then kind of transition and, and you know, find themselves along the way. So uh, really curious to learn more about your journey and kind of share that. You know, there's a lot of spots we can start here, but I'm kind of actually curious as I was preparing for this, you know, you're, you're in your mid thirties, right? Um, and you've had like three careers, right? Which is like the typical you know, American, let's just say, right, has multiple careers throughout their their journey, right? They kind of transition mm-hmm. over. So you've had three careers. You're NFL, you know, professional football. You went to, uh, you know, kind of more medical sales, and now you're an entrepreneur, founder of a, a, a business, a startup. So it's kind of unique, you know, journey there. So I guess I'd start is like, how have you, from a mindset standpoint, you know, when you think back and think of what I just said there of like, wow, I, you know, in whatever, 12, 13 years of adult life, let's say, post-college, mm-hmm. how you've been able to kind of, from a mindset standpoint, transition and continue to thrive, even though you've had adversity of going from one career to the next, things working out, things not working out. Just kind of curious how you've handled that. Well, that's a great question. So, um, you know, at every point of everything that I've ever done, didn't matter if I was an athlete, corporate medical device sales and marketing, um, did that for about five or six years. And now being a business owner for almost five years, um, I feel like I've had something like inside. I don't know if it's been like a 
competitor. I don't know if that's just something I've been able to do at every facet of everything I've ever done, but I've always been highly competitive. I remember when I was like 10 years old and I was skateboarding. Um, I, I was a pretty good skateboarder, but then when I played sports, I would give up skateboarding because my coaches would ask me to not because you just got hurt so much as an athlete right. skateboarding. And then when I would pick it up again and all my friends who like never stopped, they would get a little bit better. I just remember like I'd want to skate that much more and try to catch up to them and just like want to compete with them. And I, I don't know necessarily why that was ingrained in me. Um, my parents aren't crazy competitive. Um, I mean, you know, I, I mean, kind of had like a, the childhood, um, you know, really supportive parents. My, my father passed away when I was seven. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But um, I do remember it being something that was just always a part of me um, at early age. But I think um, something also that's important, I, I've never become complacent. Um, I've always had like a thirst for knowledge or, or to get better. Um, and I think that um, is an extremely important uh, part of self-improvement is to not get complacent. Don't be satisfied, you know, with what you've done today, especially when you're early in your career, your 20s and 30s, like, you know, it has to be all about personal development, getting better, improving yourself, acquiring new skills, building new relationships, setting up these, um, you know, bridges to success. Because as you get older, you'll re you'll realize that it's not, it's not just about being good at something. It's about having a good community, having a good network, having a good team, having good skills. And it takes all these things together to be successful. So um I don't know if that answers your question, um, but I think it's really important to number one, not be, you know, satisfied, be competitive, keep pushing yourself and just keep challenging yourself because good things will happen. So I'm curious to pull back the layer on that. I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned about your father. I mean, I'm assuming your mother was fairly strong then, or at least had a, yeah. had a lead, had to lead the charge there. Right. Yeah. My, my, uh, my wife now, so I have a three and a five-year-old. My wife always like makes comments just about how strong my mom is. Um, she's been um, the matriarch of our family, of her family. She was the oldest of, I believe, five siblings. She's always been the leader of her family, takes care of things when there's problems. People went to her. And I saw how she handled a lot of stressful situations. Um, and I was the middle of three, three boys. I'm actually a twin, so I'm actually, I have a younger twin brother. But um, at every point <laughs> growing up as a child, we had a lot of adversity, um, again, from my, my dad passing away when I was seven to my mom having to get a job, you know, to my mom figuring it out. My mom, I mean, I'm extremely proud of my mom. Um, I've never talked about this on a podcast before, but uh, to see what my mom did where a lot of people would let that employed employed them or and see them go down a different path my mom like literally like strengthened up took control grabbed the reins like went from not having a job to being just the front desk girl at a physical therapy office to then being promoted to a manager at the office and then within five years actually buying the office wow. from the owner and then becoming a business owner so um I get chills talking about it. I've never really talked about this before, but my mom's an incredible person. She was, I've never wanted, I wanted to make her proud because she gave so much and sacrificed so much and was there and made sure that we never went without um, 
Yeah, <laughs> not to get all emotional, but I my mom is a great you person. That. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, because yeah. I, I think it's, you know, as we look at our journeys, right, and, and you know, we can cherry pick very easily of like, oh, yeah, we're where we're at today because whatever. But the reality is like when you start getting into that deep exploration of like why are we where we are, a lot of it's lucky breaks, right? A lot of it, as you mentioned, hey, it knowing is. the right people. And then I have to imagine like because it's, again, the, the thing that gets so, I think, you look on social media every day, it's like, you kind of, you know, Oh, look, look at this person again. Look, Rick started this business a few years ago. Wow. They're doing great. You forget all the challenges in the last three to five years of the business that helped you there. Same with like your mother. Like I imagine every single day, seeing her strength, seeing what she did, the decisions that had an impact of when you started to have to make decisions of like, Oh, this is how mature people make decisions. It's not, you know, maybe what, maybe your friends went through of like, you know, people making poor decisions. I yeah. don't know. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I 100% agree because, you know, even in incredibly challenging times growing up, my mom always held, held it together. So I feel like it's the same thing that I do. Um, because <laughs> the last 15 years has not been easy. Um, and what you're saying, social media, don't pay attention to anybody on social media. Like everybody's struggling at something. Um, it's not all perfect. It's like, you know, they paint the perfect version of themselves. So especially these people that make you feel inadequate, like you should be more successful faster. That's just not the case. It takes sometimes decades to build success and being an athlete, you know, was a perfect example. It took almost 18 years to make it to the NFL. So um, I, I look at this no differently, but going back to, yeah, um, I, I feel like I'm a product of my, my, my mom always held together. So like, no matter how stressful things have got over the last five years of being a business owner, like I feel like I had a responsibility, not only to myself, my family, those who are supporting me, you know, our team, our clients to figure it out. And uh, at the day, you just solve small problems every single day. If you solve a few problems every day, it adds up over time um, and your business, you know, flourishes, but it's not easy. Like it tells you it's easy. They're lying. And I would not talk to that person because they're just trying to make you feel bad or make themselves feel better it's not easy <laughs> you know it's one, not. Of, one of the things i wanted to ask you because you know not many people can get to the pinnacle of like getting drafted to the nfl right that's a small elite group but i have to imagine because when you're a kid i mean i was like a big golfer like i loved it. i was like oh play pga tour some big against tiger and stuff but like you know you go to the nfl and you have these aspirations of all these things you want to do and you see all your idols and whatever <clears throat> how were you able to deal with Cause I know there were some, I mean, you, you know, different practice squads and cut or whatever. Like, how did you handle that? Like you got to the pinnacle, but it wasn't probably all sunshine and rainbows. I'm just kind of curious how that mentality was for yeah. you to be able to get through that. Yeah. So with a lot of people, at least the, the, you know, the public, they don't realize 99% of professional athletes are, are living week to week. Um, the 1% uh, of what you see on TV is what, you know, the lifestyles of the rich and famous for the getting all this crazy money. But, you know, most, most of the athletes, which I think is a good metaphor for life. Most people in their careers are going to struggle. You know, it's going to be hard. They're going to have to work through it. They're going to have to work at it. They're going to get uncomfortable because, you know, the tiger woods of the world, right. Where, you know, he was kind of like bred to be that right. The, the Tom Brady's like, those are just anomalies, but, um, I don't know. I like when I was there, like, I just wanted it so bad. And I think when you want something so bad and you're so focused on something and you, you got to have a, a lot of patience and a lot of discipline, because sometimes things don't happen. Some things happen that don't make sense. Like 
Um, you know, the teams that <laughs> some of the teams I, I played my best football at, I was just a casualty of, you know, being an odd guy on the roster. You know, when I was playing for the Arizona Cardinals in 2012, I was literally playing the best football like ever, but they didn't need another guy on the active roster. And then they had a defensive lineman go down and I was just the extra guy on the roster that, you know, they just didn't need me. You know, I was just at the, you know, I was, I was at the wrong place at the wrong. I felt like I was at the right place at the wrong time because I felt like I could have been really good there. But again, that that had nothing to do with me. It was just, you know, bad timing, bad luck, whatever it was. So I feel like um, you're going back to your career. It's kind of like the same thing. You know, you're going to put in a lot of work and sometimes it's going to feel like it's not working out, but you got to wake up every single day um, and you got to work at it and become better. And uh, even if it's, you know, you're just not at the right job, you still got to, you know, hone those skills and become a valuable asset to, you know, your future job or your future career. And I always talk to people too. Um, you know, you got to look at yourself as like an own individual entrepreneur at what you do. Like, even if you're not a business owner, um, you know, say if like you're a marketing expert for a company, like you're developing yourself as like a marketer and you can add value to other people, not just that organization. So um, you're really developing like your own resume, like building your own business. So if you want to go out there, make more money, like you got to hone those skills every single day. So um, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like it just comes down to how bad you want it. You know, do you have the discipline? Do you have the patience? And the people who can hone in on that and really work through it are the ones who find success after five, six, seven, sometimes 10 years, because it doesn't happen overnight. Just because you want it and you say you want it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen in six months. Like it's, yeah. it's going to take years. And that's why that's where you got to be patient, wait for it. Well, you mentioned something there. It reminded me of this. Um, I did a podcast, a blog on this a couple of years ago, but I called it the toolbox of knowledge. I don't know. You just, what you just said, it sparked. It was like, you know, we, what are we doing in our current life? Like, let's say someone has a current career. It doesn't matter what it is. Are you going above and beyond to acquire the skills that they, it may help you in your current role, but it might be something that's a catalyst to your next role, your next endeavor, your next career, mm -hmm. Like you don't even know that it's, it's valuable right now, but it's something that you're always looking to get better. And, you know, I always, the, the advice I always give to folks is like, if you're at an organization, let's say if you're, you know, like in a sales role, well, go talk to someone in marketing, go set up calls with your executive leadership team. If you can get in, like start learning about other aspects of the business so that you're more, you're more of an asset as you move on, or maybe if you're going to another job or whatever. And I think that's kind of yeah. what you're getting at is like, you know, you're always acquiring skills to learn because you don't know when those are going to be necessary 10 years down the road. Yeah, well, a good thing that, you know, comes to mind is like, what got you here won't get you there. So like, if you want to like evolve in your career, you're going to have to do things you've never done to go someplace you've never been. So like, you just use an example says like a marketer, right? Like, say you're only supposed to like handle SEO at your company, like you should be listening to like marketing podcasts and like SEO podcasts and account based marketing podcasts or you know, just have this thirst to learn because you don't know like how things play together. You may be able to understand how, you know, to operate a website, you know, operate outbound campaigns and do a bunch of different things where you can bring more value, be become more valuable, get paid more. But like you just said, you got to constantly be sharpening that knife, right? You got to be acquiring new skills and that's what's going to help elevate your career or your business. So I want to chat a little bit about this idea and kind of I, I don't believe everything the internet says, so I'm going to let you kind of tell this story a little bit, but 
from what I understand is you're working in this medical sales role, decide to go back at your MBA, and then there's some kind of epiphany that happens when you're there. Is that, am I, am I right? Is that kind of how this idea came yeah. out of the current business? <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, just going back to my career, I've always kind of had success where I've been, but it's really just come through or come from just massive amounts of hard work. Um, in college, I was a, you know, three-year starter, led the pack 10 back then in multiple stat categories when I was in med device sales for almost six years, first year, you know, like rookie of the year. And next five, I was either top 1% or top five rep. Um, and I just felt like there was like something missing. Like there's an itch, itch I can scratch. So I went back into my MBA in 2017 and I was in a marketing class about a year into my program and a marketing pre professor going through all the success rates in marketing. And this is like, you know, an, an, an example of always putting yourself out there, trying to do something new to take you somewhere new. Like I, if I just would have stayed in my sales career and never went back into my MBA, I would never be here. So that was me wanting to acquire new skills, put myself in new situations, meet new people and look what happened, right? So in this marketing class, she was just talking about like email, direct mail, cold call, and everything was like super nominal, like super low, single digit, low double digit. And then he ends this three hour lecture saying, hey guys, you know, it still works better um, now if if not, you know, better than ever is a good old fashioned handwritten note. Like they're rare, get the 99% of the time. And as a sales rep, you're constantly thinking of ways to try to, you know, in grow your business, increase your book, increase loyalty, your relationships, because that's what sales is really at the end of the day, it's just, you know, uh, managing and creating new relationships. So got a pen plotter, which is a really bad technology um, from China. And it took me about, uh, about a month to write out 500 handwritten notes. And I'd have like my father and or my my stepdad and my wife do it when like, I'm at work, like here, when this is done, put this paper here, press this button. And it took us about a month to send out 500 handwritten notes. What can I, can I, I pause I just, you for a second? What, what is yeah, a pen sure. plotter for, for, I don't know what that is. No, I don't have it in my office, but if you Google it, I mean, it's a, it's basically a drawing machine okay. that uses like outdated old, like open source software. And you can get it to kind of like kind of write handwritten notes. Okay. And that's what we did. It was like no paper feed, old technology. I mean, really bad. But I mean, the response rate was amazing. And I mean, I sent out 500 and I had over 20, it was like 28 doctors call me back uh, from those 20 doctors sold over $280,000 new business when I had a $50,000 a month quota, which, you know, my whole business, whole company was going nuts. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it was $20,000 in commission. I was like, like, seriously, that's like when the epiphany went off, like entrepreneurial seizure. I was like, I knew this was going to work. This is a great idea. There's a, there's an opportunity here. So basically like put the business on autopilot, you know, for the next like eight to 10 months. And then we jumped in full-time in 2019. And it's just been an incredible journey uh, to say the least, you know, a lot of, a lot of heartaches, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, that goes into building a business. But, you know, looking back, this has just been an amazing journey. Absolutely worth it. So help me out. So you send these, these letters out, you have some, obviously, you know, what you would deem success, right? You know, that's pretty good to, in terms of the quoted numbers. And then how did you decide like, okay, I have something here, but like, that's great. Ideas float around, there's millions of them a day. How did you decide to say, okay, I'm going to take this and be actionable on it? Like, what was the first step or two you had to take to kind of actually turn this into a legit business? Well, I mean, the first thing was just getting to see if there, you know, the technology was available and we did a lot of research. I mean, we looked at what was available online, China, 
um, you know, I'm kind of like a analysis paralysis guy. I will like measure 10 times before I cut once. I just, I hate, I hate having to run to Home Depot eight times for a project, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it just drives me nuts. But um, I'm super conservative. Um, I was making really good money, like <laughs> really good money for a 20, whatever, seven-year-old at the time. Um, we were just getting ready to have our first kid. So, I mean, I had every reason to not do it, um, you know, because we had a very comfortable lifestyle. But my wife, she was the one that really pushed me. And she's like, you're, you're passionate about this. Like, you're going to make it work. You made everything work. Like, you can, you need to do this. So it was my wife really pushing me into it. But um, I think what's really made it successful is just <laughs> taking everything I've done, uh, being an athlete and corporate medical device sales. I just take all those transferable skills, you know, from everything I've done in the past and I've just applied it here because there's no reason I should be successful at this. And this is if anybody's listening to this and there's one thing that you can get from this is that um, if you're passionate enough about it and you work hard enough at it, like you can get it done. Like I'm an athlete sales guy who started a software robotics and industrial automation company. And last month we had 380,000 on our website. I've never built a website. I've never done SEO. I've never started a business. I don't come from money. Like there's no nepotism here. Like this has just been pure grind, passion, grit. And if you pour that much energy into something and you're really passionate about it, it's going to work. It's just, it may take longer than you think, but I thought I would be done here in five years. And we're just coming up on five years. I was yeah. like, oh, five years, we're going to exit. We're going to be good. And like, yeah. now it's more like 10 years. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, but there's so much further to go, but we've come so far. So yeah, it's just, it's it's about acquiring successful habits, you know? Um, and I think that's what I've been really good at. What has changed with the bit? Like, so for day one of the business to now, like in terms of the idea, like like how you work with different businesses, let's say to, you know, at scale, like has, has things pretty much been similar in terms of the idea or has there things that you found like, ah, that actually works better. Let's do it this way. I'm just kind of curious how y'all have innovated over the last five years. So when we first started, I really, I, I was a sales guy trying to start a business. So um, if you're going to start a business, you have to have some type of hard skill. So if it's like technical marketing or sales, you got to bring something that you're really good at to the business. And I feel like early on, you know, because we've done this with no debt, no loans, no investors, completely customer funded. I used to, I was good at to start it, but to scale this business, I had to stop doing what I was good at. I was good at like hunting and closing and doing sales, but that was not going to scale this to a $5 million a year company. Um, eventually you have to remove yourself from the business. Um, you have to start acquiring new skills. And that's why I started doing it. It took me way too long. It took me about year three. I started focusing a lot more on going online, um, SEO, um, building a, like social proof, doing interviews, doing articles, PR, um, you know, learning about all these other facets that come into building a reputable business, um, improving our product. We spent two years building our own handwriting robot and I can go into how much <laughs> that I'm curious. Yes. Yeah, so if you we went I, through I'm 14, curious we went through 14, yeah. And this is an example of just grit and hard work. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Again, I have no electrical engineering background, no software engineering, no mechanical engineering. Um, you know, I started with literally just having a conversation with somebody. I went through 14 phase zeros. So phase zeros where you basically pay someone for their opinion on a project. They look at it, they tell you how they would do it, and then you quote it. And what I would do is I would talk to this person, they'd give me their proposal, then I would take it to this person. You know, I'd remove all the numbers. 
right? Remove who it was so it can keep it kind of like private. I'd say, hey, this is a project you want to do. Like, can you quote it? Like, what do you think about it? How would you do it? Like, what would you think is not good about this? And I did that 14 times. We spent like tens of thousands of dollars just on like on opinions before we got started. So, um, you know, we eventually found somebody we wanted to use, but basically what I was doing, I was just being a detective, you know, asking for opinions, trying to put pieces of the puzzle together. Um, eventually got comfortable with somebody, <laughs> then two years of development and about $800,000. This is all customer funded. Um, you know, we didn't get again, any money from anybody. Um, we built an amazing technology. It's a purposely built handwriting robot. Um, so now I can put on my resume that uh, I'm a robot like developer. <laughs> so, that, you know, not just an entrepreneur sales guy or athlete. <laughs> so the business and just, I mean, I guess we can give the, a little background, right? So this robot, basically, I feed it in, like, like take us through just so maybe this is helpful for everyone. A, a just an average customer journey. Someone signs up on the site, says, "Hey, I want to send out 500, you know, handwritten thank you notes to X, you know, whatever clients." How does it work? Like, what's yeah. the process? Yeah. So, simply noted, we call it a handwritten notes platform or like a client engagement platform. The way that we the way that we do that is using robots to automate or scale sending handwritten notes um, for businesses. So either you know, people can use our website. So we have like an e-commerce channel. They can go on, just type your message and check out, or you can use software, you know, use like a Zapier API or just simply like send us a spreadsheet. It's just like um, mail merge, like high first name. You know, we love working with company. We plug in first name and company. So like our mission is to help like our clients connect with their clients in a more personal way. And the way that we're doing it is real, like with real tangible handwritten notes. I thought I'd have one right here, but I don't. But um, yeah, it's been a, you know, we, we believe that, uh, you know, as we move, as we're moving away from the digital era, which has been like 2000 to 2022, now we're entering like the AI era, right? With all these like different AI platforms that are just taking the, you know, the, the business industry by storm. You're gonna, you're, you're already seeing it. You're seeing these uh, venture capital, private equity firms investing in these engagement platforms like Sendoso, Lob, Alice, all these like tangible, get in front of you, mailbox is empty, you know, stand out from the noise. And we just believe a handwritten notes are an easy way to do it. So um, it's really simple. I mean, really what, like if you, we always tell people you're gonna send one, it's really the best for you to do it, but we help you automate or scale it. Uh, but there are times when people don't have a stamp and it's just easier to jump online. But um, really just what we're trying to do is help people engage people in a more personal way. And we just use handwritten notes to do that. And now are there other things you can put in with the notes? Is there, you know, yeah. one pager, yeah, products, anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, on our website, you can add gift cards, uh, but you know, Mo I would not say most of our cut clients, but a lot of our, our jobs are custom and we insert like a business card or a brochure or a flyer, or product information, something like that. So, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a neat thing. And someone that's in software sales, like kind of understand the, the reality of getting in front of people is very challenging depending on the industry you're in, right. And the market you're going after. So absolutely. Yeah. How, how did you, um, I, I we may touch on this briefly, but like, when did you decide to hang up the the cleats, if you will, of medical sales and retire from that industry to actually go full time in this? Like, was that an easy transition or do you kind of slow roll out of that? Or, I mean, it, it, it was 
easy because I was so excited about this, but it was hard because there was just so many benefits to being at my old job. You know, there's just, you have the, you know, health insurance, you have, you know, a paycheck hitting your inbox or your whatever bank account every two weeks, you know, you had a team, right? I, I had somebody took care of everything. I had a marketing team, a customer service team, a fulfillment team. You know, I had people above me planning those, right? Like all I had to do is worry about my client. But, you know, when you come a, a business owner, every problem becomes your problem. <laughs> if you're not like, you know, um, you have the energy or the excitement or the endurance or the grit to push through and figure everything out, it's going to be really hard. But, um, you know, looking back, you know, the experience I've got from being an entrepreneur, and that's why I, if, if you can take the lead to be an entrepreneur for a few years, I recommend anybody to do it because it's going to give you, you know, within four or five years, it's going to give you a whole 40 year, you know, what, what you're going to get out of, you know, being an entrepreneur for five years, you're, it, you can't even do it in 40 years of being in a career. It's just because of everything you have to learn. Like you literally have to do everything, get your website on, do your blog, do your SEO, taxes, hiring, firing, training, product, product development. I mean, you have to do everything, right. And you have to learn how to like be really, um, like flexible and, you know, pivotable and not just give up when things go bad because there's a lot of bad days, but, um, and a lot of good days too. Were, were there prerequisites? I mean, this is something that comes up a lot, of, a lot of conversations with folks around like, like the prerequisites of like taking the jump. Like, was it, you, it was a certain amount of money in the bank account or the business had to be getting a certain amount of revenue or clients. Like, did you have any of those kind of, you know, dots on the map, if you will, to help guide you of like when it was time to go full time. Yeah. So I'm very lucky that my background, I like I'm used to, I wouldn't say I have like a gluttony for punishment, but um, my background is like pretty disciplined. Like I've never been like a, like any money I made from the NFL, I saved it, but it ended up putting it down on my first house. Um, you know, I was never like a high spender. The things that make me happy, like aren't money, like just like I already had a mountain bike. I like mountain biking, like I like hiking. So the things that I can do that made me happy weren't going to cost me a lot of money. Um, also like I've, I'm, I mitigate a lot of debt. So I didn't have my only debt at the time. Like I'd pay off my car. Um, you know, again, I make good money as medical device. Like I save it and pay off debt and put money in my account, but I think the thing that really made it easy for me was all the support I had from my family. You know, my wife still works. Um, so she's, you know, helped us out tremendously. Um, but it wasn't like, Hey, I need to have X amount of money in the bank. Um, because it's, it's never going to be enough. It wouldn't matter if you had a million dollars in there. Like what I've learned from my friends who have lots of money, like they're just money, their spending habits change. Like, it's just like the person who makes $40,000 a year, you know, basically still lives the same as somebody who makes like 200 grand a year. Like, like they're just lifestyles different. So I was just really good at managing my lifestyle. Um, I, I was never like a high spender. I don't need flashy cars. Like I drive a, you know, a $15,000 Chevy Equinox, you know, like, and it's a broken down car, but I don't care. Like I don't yeah. need nice cars. Like I just, I'm not like a guy like that, but um, if you're waiting for something like that, it's never going to happen. If you're waiting for like that moment, um, you really just have to throw yourself into it. And, um, like, I mean, obviously you don't want to make any bad decisions, but if you're waiting for the perfect moment, there is no perfect moment. Um, but you just got to make sure that you have kind of like the safety guard set up. My parents were here to help with the kids. My wife still works, right? Like I had a background for discipline. I didn't need to spend a lot of money. So 
I felt like I had a little bit of a runway to at least get this thing going, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. One of the last things I want to talk, you mentioned the team a couple of times, you know, the team is a, you know, that could mean a lot of things. And obviously you mentioned your family. So I, I really want to, I'm curious about the team at home. You mentioned your wife. What was that conversation like when you said, Hey, so I got this idea I'm thinking about, like, was that well received? Was that like a, hold on, we got to talk about this. Like, I'm kind of curious, like how did, because that's a big thing for a lot of people to make the jump. It's not just their, if, if they're single and 24, that's different than having a wife and kids. So any advice, yeah. any insight there you'd share in terms of that conversation? Yeah. So I was very, I'm very lucky. I've been with my wife for almost 17 years, like literally met her like months into being uh, like into college. Um, so like my, my parents and my, my wife know who I am. Like, I'm just not going to fail. Like I will literally figure it out. And my wife got to see that multiple times before I jumped into this. She, she saw me do it in college. She saw me do it in the NFL. She saw me do it as a corporate salesperson. She saw me do it like in Ironmans. Like she saw like, when I'm end up, I'm going to get it done. It doesn't matter like hell or high water. Like if it, if it kills me, I'm going to figure it out. Um, and it's, it's not because I want the success for like fame. I want to do it for my family because my family has backed me 1000% at everything that I've ever done. And they believe in me. And again, like we we're talking about my mom earlier, she's made a lot of sacrifices growing up to make sure that we had the opportunities that we had and it never put us in a situation where we you know, felt bad. You know, she always took care of a lot of stuff. So I've always wanted to give that back. I knew my why, if your why is strong enough, you're never going to quit. And, um, I've had a pretty strong reason to push forward and figure things out in my life. So, um, when I told her I wanted to be an entrepreneur, like I was more like hesitant because I knew what kind of, what kind of life we had at that point, you know, we've, we've been through a lot of struggle. Like we, we had no money for like 10 years and then when we had money for a few, a few years. So I was more nervous because now we're going to have to go back, but I believed, um, and the reason why we we're doing this, because it was going to help not only myself, my family, I wanted to give back to my parents, you know, support them. And also, you know, I knew there was something else out there for me that I couldn't get at the time, you know, when I was being a, a, a corporate medical device sales rep, I wanted more growth, I wanted more knowledge, I wanted to elevate myself as a person. So, um, and I couldn't do it there. So this was an opportunity, opportunity for me to take care of a lot of things in one you know, you know, one opportunity. Yeah. So, um, that yeah. the, the open dialogue sure. is, I mean, that's an interesting thing. Cause again, I think some marriages, some relationships don't have that. They can't, you know, they don't have the support and stuff. Do y'all like have like weekly business meetings to talk through? Like how, like how do you structure so, to make sure you guys are on the same page about this? I think it's about building trust. If, like, does your partner wonder where you are? Does your partner, are you answering your phone calls? Are you, you know, taking care of each other's needs? Um, you know, my wife and I, we've been through a lot. We've been through death. We've been through family issues. We've been through, you know, job issues. We've been through health issues. And we've been able to see how we each, how we've responded in all those situations. So um, I felt like there was a level of trust in taking this risk that, we were going to be good no matter what. And I think when it comes down to making decisions like this that affect other people, the people around you have to trust you. And if they don't trust you, it's not going to work. 
because at the first sign of risk or the first sign of, you know, something being wrong, they're going to question you, then that's going to cause more animosity and that's going to cause a lot of problems. But I mean, I've been with my wife for 17 years. My parents obviously have been around me my whole entire life. I'm a, I'm a person that is, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to like toot my own horn here, but I've been a reliable person. You know, I'm yeah. not doing drugs. I'm not, you know, drinking. I'm not doing things that are weird. Like I, I've always kind of had like what I would do this. So like if my parents were sitting here kind of yeah. attitude, like, you know, I want to make them proud. Yeah. So um, same thing for my family. Like I have kids now, I have a legacy and um, it's just so much more than me. It really is. You know, I have a, a team here with, you know, they have families and my efforts help provide for them and vice versa. Like yeah. my tenure here or our average tenure here for our, our team is over two and a half years, which I'm extremely proud of that. You know, it's not a lot of turnover because we take care of each other. Yeah. So it's again about building trust. Like, do they trust that they're going to have a job? Do they trust I'm thinking about them or I'm looking out for them? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah some of the pillars like, I found. There's a lot of it. It's all about trust. It's just well, that you know, that really I would say the, the four pillars of, of a great relationship is trust, respect, support, and communication. And if you have those yeah. four, you probably have a great relationship, you know. Yeah. Pretty straight. Yeah, it's no, pretty straightforward. It's, it's a simple thing. Really, right? That's really good, actually. Yeah, I would agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Well, what? so someone's getting started today. Let's say someone called you up today and said, ah, Rick, I'm thinking of leaving my job or I have this idea or whatever. What? What's your encouragement to that maybe it's advice maybe it's a question you might ask back to them just a thought to ponder what what would you share with them as kind of some you know inspiration to, for them to get started so the logical thing well first i would say you know the logical thing i would do is like talk to somebody who's done it because I'm, i've probably spent four or five hundred thousand dollars in mistakes and like if you can talk to somebody like get a not like a startup consultant or or really you know find someone to mentor you through that first year um, it's incredibly important. I wish I'm on my fourth website rebuild, you know, it's just, you just don't know until you get there. Right. So you can learn a lot from people who've been in your shoes. So ask a lot of questions, like what I did with like the, the engineering project, I could not miss there. Like it was way too big of a project to miss. So I was like, get 14 different people's opinions, like literally until you make your, the right decision. But also I, I would absolutely highly you know, encourage you to do it, but just make a plan, you know, have a timeline. Um, don't just jump in. You know, I started researching this in 2017, like literally like November, December, but I didn't jump in until January, 2019. So like, I literally thought about it for a year. A lot of people get excited about something. And then like two, three weeks later, a month later, like the excitement fades, you know, like take your time. So before you jump into it, like make a plan, you know, make sure you have some type of money or some type of support system to make sure you can at least survive a year. Right. But also just, you know, take your time, ask tons of questions, find a mentor. Um, because <laughs> I, I wasted so much money. Like if I had that 400 grand now, oh, I'd, yeah, I'll tell you what though, sometimes like, that experience lights, though, lights out game changer. That experience yeah. sometimes well, is uh, priceless though, you know, it really is like I've learned on my own dime and my time, right? Like, you know, that's a lot of money. Like we've reinvested, you know, millions of dollars into understand like the detriment. Oh, you just understand like how bad a mistake hurts and then you remember it. And when it's like your time and your money and like you're causing, you're making mistakes, you're going to remember it. And it's just going to make you better. And that's one of the, like the infinitely awesome things about being an entrepreneur. You're just going to grow so fast. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 
but uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, awesome, mentor dude. and take your time. Yeah. Well, Rick, that's been a lot of fun, man. Um, so everyone, where, where's the best spot for them to visit you online to say hello if they want? And then how do they go the business? Is it just simply noted.com or what's the, what's the best website? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn basically all day. So it's just Rick Elmore, uh, E-L-M-O-R-E. That's like my number one like platform that I use. And then if you have any interest whatsoever, if you just want to see how cool this technology is, just go to Simply Noted. That's S-I-M as in Mary, P-L-Y, noted.com. And just request a sample kit. We do a really nice job at uh, sending like a big package with tons of samples. I mean, we spend almost $20 on a kit. But like usually when people see it, it's like that's when they have that like, oh my God, this is cool moment. And then even if they don't use it now, they'll come back like six months later you know, for a campaign or holidays or something like that. So yeah, yeah, I would say just LinkedIn or simplynoted.com. Awesome. Well, Rick, thanks so much for being on, man. And I, I really enjoyed the conversation and getting to know you. Yeah, thanks for having me too. I appreciate it. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.